You are tuned to the Get Out Those Old Records podcast with your hosts, Sewell Time and Funny Bone. I'm Sewell Time, and I'm with Funny Bone here for episode 34, the Mason and Reed episode that has been about three years in the making, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing tonight, Funny Bone? I'm doing great, Sewell Time. I'm excited to spin some records. Me too. Uh, we've been waiting, uh, sitting on this episode for quite a while. Um, you know, once uh, school has started up, it's been very difficult to sort of make all the uh, gears line up for our show. Um, but here we are, finally. And uh, after a few technical hurdles, we're hoping things go as smooth as possible this evening. Let's see if I can call up our uh, first album cover of the evening. And there it is. Yes. Um, as the name of the episode suggests, um, we are featuring the songwriting talent of Barry Mason and Les Reed tonight. Is there anything uh, you can say in general about these two gentlemen, Funny Bone? Uh, brilliant. Uh, eclectic yeah I would say um, they are probably unknown for the most part and especially by people who have listened to and enjoyed their hits over the years and um, tonight we also have I think to sum it up uh, we have an interesting poll that's going to be going on this evening um Greatest songwriting duo. And the choices are Goffin and King, Mason and Reed, Lennon and McCartney, Bacharach, and David. The best, or ra rather the greatest songwriting duo. Put your votes in once we get that poll up and running. Uh, but before we do that, we are going to launch right into the music this evening. Um... We're going to kick it off with some Dave Clark Five from 1967, um, followed by Les Reed and his orchestra. And then after that, we'll hear from Jerry Monroe, a uh, tenor born in South Shields, England. That'll be from 1972. And then we're going to get in our time machine once again for the final track into late 66 or 1967 to listen to some Maxine Brown. So, Funny Bone, if it's okay with you, I would like to start this set off and then go get a beer for the beer, beer share. What do you think? I'm all for it. Let her rip. Let's let the Dave Clark Five tell us who knows. The music tracks that play here have been removed to avoid penalty under current copyright policies and enforcement strategies. You can find a link in the description to a Spotify playlist of the music featured in this broadcast. Wonderful Misty Morning Eyes there by Maxine Brown. And what a great start off to a set. Man, I am having so much fun. We, uh, I wish we could do this every night, of course. Funny Bone. <laughs> Me too. That was a great set. That was a great set, and it's just good to be back in the air chair again. Uh, top of the set was track number one for our 
this evening's episode. Everybody knows. Um, and in uh, parentheses, I Still Love You uh, by the Dave Clark Five, 1967. And you know, uh, there's an, another song by the Dave Clark Five, Everybody Knows, uh, that gets confused with this one often. This one was, of course, written by Barry Mason and Les Reed, who we are featuring on this episode. Rare lead vocal performance by the Dave Clark Five's guitar player, Lenny Davidson. <clears throat> Cashbox said this song has a haunting melody and splendid vocal strength. Um, the song grew on me for sure. And I noticed that YouTube has a video of them performing this song. You know, of course, lip syncing to it. It's very odd. They're um, in sort of white laced shirts, uh, seated with their hands folded politely in front of them amidst a sea of dry ice fog and a starry background. Just very weird, weird vibe. I wish I, wish I uh, had seen that before we played it tonight. I'd love to have pictured it. Yeah, well, you'll be seeing it. Trust me. <laughs> In your dreams. <laughs> or your nightmares. What do we have for uh, the second track? Yeah, so we followed that up with a song called Imogene. And that was performed by none other than Les Reed himself and his orchestra off their 1967 album Fly Me to the Sun. Uh, the track was written by Reed, and that's Reed on piano uh, playing. He was a pretty strong pianist. Um, and that song is just too much fun. It reminded me a, a little bit of Herb Alpert, uh, of whom I'm a big fan. Uh, so I just I Along couldn't resist. Along Hurt as well. Uh, uh, we'll see about that. <laughs> well, I like the uh, sort of the vocalized trumpets going on in that. There was a lot going on. There were a lot of moving parts in that song. And I definitely have to check out more of Les Reed and his orchestra because it's definitely my kind of relaxation there. Yeah. And that song was a little bit of, uh, you know, me hanging on to the last bit of summer. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, for sure. And uh, we followed that up with It's Raining Roses uh, by Jerry Monroe. This was another Barry and Les song. Um, but Jerry Monroe, this was, that came off of his Bring Back the Good Time um, LP from 1972. Was it Good Time or Good Times? That might be, might have had that wrong. Anyway, he was born in uh, Northern England, South Shields. And he scored five top 40 hits on the UK singles chart in a very short period of time, 1970 to 1971. He was a former coal mine worker and spotted on uh, Huey Green's Opportunity Knox TV show by none other than Les Reed, who signed him to a long-term record deal. And, of course, he's known for that high and distinctive falsetto voice. And that track featured what I, I call... The note heard around the world uh, towards the end. He just <laughs> flies up onto this note and finishes it off with a little vibrato. 
one of the greatest notes ever held by any singer anywhere, if you ask me. Unfortunately, uh, Monroe died uh, in 1989. Uh, he was only 56 years of age, so uh, uh, we are paying tribute to him for sure this evening. And uh, Funny Bone, the next track. And uh, also paying tribute to Mason and Reed as well. And we continued with another co-written song by the duo. Uh, It was Misty Morning Eyes by Maxine Brown. Uh, And this this recording, it first appeared on a 1985 compilation album titled Like Never Before. but uh, there's some records. It's, it's actually hard to find a lot of information about this song, uh, but it appears to be a previously unreleased song. And that was, uh, from what I could find, recorded around late 1966 or early 1967. Uh, Maxine Brown is a, a great R&B soul artist um, from that era is sort of part of the underground uh, R&B soul enthusiasts. What a voice. Uh, Yeah. Fantastic record all around. I thought it had so much character. Uh, And uh, just another Mason and Reed masterpiece. Uh, Barry Mason actually recorded that song uh, as his own and released it as a single. Um, but it never found much traction, but it was covered by a handful of artists uh, somewhere along the line. It passed by Maxine Brown's ears. Yeah. Um, I wonder if, did you hear that Barry Mason version of it? I did. I did. Uh, Is it on Spotify? uh, YouTube. YouTube. It might be. I don't think it's on Spotify. Okay. Uh, I I I was very, very fond of that Maxine Brown recording. Oh, that's very polite. <laughs> that's a polite way to put it. Uh, no, well, awesome. I mean, Mason, Mason did a fine job. He did? Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't hear, uh, you know, certainly Les Reed is more known for being on the recordings, but uh, with his orchestra and everything and arranging, he was really into arranging a lot of, a lot of these artists that recorded their songs. Um, so that brings us to the go tour beer share this evening. A oh, funny bone. I am so excited. I need to kick it off here. I'm going to go right push ahead of the line and tell you that I am enjoying. Like I, I have said goodbye to summer and I have with open arms welcomed the, uh, changing season with Samuel Adams, Oktoberfest hearty and smooth and it is delicious it is cold and it is smooth and it is festive all in one i am enjoying that what do you got (laughs) how am i supposed to follow that up oh you've got got over there don't you (laughs) i got a rusty red by oso brewing company nice Uh, they're out of wisconsin Mm -hmm. uh and it's very simple can description. Ale, smooth, malty, rich, and bready. I like it. Cheers, Wisconsin. <laughs> nice. Oh, you're just opening it? 
I couldn't I wait. saved it. Ah, oh, nice. Good on you. Um, yeah, so if you're, um, if you enjoy, uh, green tea or soda or some other kind of beverage, uh, wine, um, beer, whatever it is, drink with us and let us know what you're drinking in the comments section or, or the chat or whatever. Cause we like to share the libations with everybody. The more the merrier here. And, uh, just a reminder that we do have a, an active poll going on. I'll try to remember to put these polls into Spotify as well. Uh, funny bone because they allow you to do that and i have not been good oh, about wow. that but i'll try to remember to do that we are going to uh remind everybody that the poll is um already reached heights of controversy that i did not expect um let me see i did know. not see this coming no, we yeah, it's already bizarre what people are voting for here. But the, <laughs> the, <laughs> the poll is who's the greatest songwriting duo, and uh, the choices are Goffin King, Mason Reed, Lennon McCartney, and Baccarat David. So put your votes in. And uh, we'll see where it lands by the end of the episode. But right now, I think it is time for us to stop the yapping and continue on with the music. This is our third set, which will feature four tunes that were uncovered from the depths of the digital musical landscape known as Spotify. We will start off with some Claude Francois, followed by Al Hurt, then some Paul Moriat, some Anna Margarita Chagas Bovet after that. So let's kick it off here. Claude Francois on Get Out Those Old Records, episode 34. The music tracks that play here have been removed to avoid penalty under current copyright policies and enforcement strategies. You can find a link in the description to a Spotify playlist of the music featured in this broadcast. I'm a GNU with a cup of typhoon. The most refreshing tea that you can brew. To the typhoon? Well, how do you do? There's never been anything quite as nice as you. To the typhoon? Tasty typhoon. You really ought to be in who's where who. Oh, you're such a lovely cup, cause you always pick me up. Oh, tattoo, 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 typhoon. All right, funny bone. I'm a GNU. How about Three you? Hours to drive 38 what do you think? Say that again. I'm thinking I want a cup of typhoon. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Absolutely. Wow. Uh, really interesting set there. And of course, I've got to uh, admit, I have not listened to your choices until this evening. And I'm really impressed. Uh, you definitely pulled a few out from under the carpet for this <laughs> show. Um, we started that set off with... Tout ça, c'était hier by Claude Francois. It was a B-side 
to his 1965 single, uh, with the A-side being Alors Salut. Well, hi, is how I translate that. It was written by Barry and Les, the, the Toutsai C'était Hier. Uh, writing credit was also given to Claude Francois and uh, Vlene Buggy, who, which I think is a pseudonym for um, a songwriting team, and one of them passed away. It was sort of a very bizarre thing. Um, I think the woman's name is Lilian, and she was a songwriter um, that contributed evidently to this um, song. And Claude was backed up by the Christian Chevalier et son orchestra, an orchestra. And the wind sound in the intro is interesting on that one. It's like, um, you know, you, you hear the wind blowing and it comes back throughout the song. And uh, I did a little translation on the lyrics. Uh, in the first verse, it says it was near the old port. Night was falling. The wind was blowing so hard. Strong, so strong that it was scary. Scared, so scared that we left each other. Well, that's kind of sad. Uh, heartbreaking. Heartbreaking, but also kind of a bizarre reason to break up a relationship. Um, anyway, Claude was also known by the nickname Cloclo. He's a French pop singer, composer, songwriter, record producer, drummer, and get this, dancer. Um, he sold some 35 million records. That's a lot of, that's a lot of pizza. And he was about to embark for the United States when he was tragically, um, electrocuted by accident uh, at the age of 39, and that was back in March of 1978. Former French President Valérie Giscard d'Estaing is quoted as saying Claude Francois was to him the French equivalent of the Beatles, meaning the great talent of a generation. What do you think of that funny bone? That's wow, quite uh, some praise from the former French president. Yeah, uh, it's making me feel like there might be a Claude Francois episode in the near future. Perhaps, yeah. You know, I remember running across him a few years back. I think I was listening to just a, a playlist of French music and I heard him and I uh or I shazammed it or something and went down a little bit a quick rabbit hole with him a few years back and it was nice to uh you know trip across him again uh in this set um anyway what that was uh, the first track top of the second set there which would be track number 5 on the playlist yeah, and, uh, you know, not to distract from uh, the great songwriting tandem, Mason and Reed, who also co-wrote uh, the song that followed, Les Bicyclettes de Belle Size. Mm. Uh, and that was performed by Al Hur, a yep. Case uh, go-tour titan. Uh, <laughs> off his 1968 Al Hur Now album, uh, first off, Soul Time, I love that album cover. Yeah. Uh, but more about uh, Bicyclette 
to bell size uh it was a song that was commissioned by mason and reed for a 1968 uk short film by douglas hickox uh and it was the same name as the title and the song was actually a strong hit for none other than engelbert humperdinck who recorded a lot of mason and reed's music we should say yes he did uh, and, and we're playing and- none of it <laughs> because it's too popular for get out those old records we're snobs when it comes right down to it sometimes we cave sometimes sometimes we, we have to cave, and i think we will during this before the episode's over <laughs> i think we will cave but but not for humperdinck not for humperdinck no <laughs> anyway <laughs> he had a number five with the song uh, in the UK singles chart. Um, And it also was a top 10 or top 20 uh, all over Europe, a massive hit for him uh, and a mild hit in the US, number 31 on the Billboard Top 100. Uh, There was also, uh, speaking of uh, French pop artists, there was a successful version of the song recorded by Mireille Mathieu the same year. um, And that was also a very successful hit all across Europe. Uh, but this Al Hurt version was translated into his primary language, the trumpet. Oh, um, yes. And man, that that trumpet performance in the last 45 seconds just floors me. He speaks good trumpet, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. And we followed that up with another Engelbert Humperdinck hit, <laughs> The Last Waltz. <laughs> Only we played the... Paul Moriat and his orchestra off of Moriat Magic, uh, 1968. Uh, of course, The Last Waltz was written by Barry and Les. Um, and for those of you, for the uninitiated, uh, Paul Moriat was a French orchestra leader, conductor of Le Grand Orchestre de Paul Moriat, uh, who specialized in the easy listening genre best known in the United States for his million-selling remake of Andre Pop's Love is Blue, L'Amour est Bleu, which was number one for five weeks in 1968. And Funny Bone, for the first time ever this evening, I actually, and it's on Spotify, you can go listen to the original recording of that song. And it's really interesting to hear it with lyrics and how... Paul Marriott uh, interpret it in his famous uh, million selling remake of it. They have the uh, Andre Pop version up? No. Uh, wait, yes. <laughs> it is, but it's it's in French. It's L'Amour et Bleu. Got it. I'm pretty sure it's the Andre Pop version I was listening to. So, Well, I, I did really enjoy that last waltz record um, and have always been a fan of the love is blue as Mm -hmm. well. Yeah, me too. Um, It's a great tune. Great instrumental as well. Well, you know, the hits just keep coming Mm -hmm. from uh, Mason and Reed here. Uh, This song was uh, not much of a big hit, uh, though covered by many artists. Uh, It was if we lived on top of a mountain and this version was done in a bossa nova style by Anna Margarita Chagas Bovet. 
um, off her 1968 album, Anna. Uh, now, uh, Chagas Bovet only recorded two albums. Uh, this was the second album. Uh, and it was recorded in the U.S. Her first album was recorded in Brazil. Um, and talk about a fascinating character in music. Uh, her grandfather and father, Carlos Chagas and Carlos Chagas Filho, uh, were both accomplished biologists. They have um, some kind of disease that they discovered named after them. Uh, her mother was the daughter of one of Brazil's great diplomats, uh, who was a uh, repeated nominee for the Nobel Peace Prize. And her wow. husband, Daniel Pierre Bovet, was an accomplished physicist and computer <laughs> scientist. Uh, but Anna herself uh, was obviously a talented bossa nova musician. Um, but even though she had a short-lived professional career as a musician, she actually went on to become a very well-respected doctor of child psychology in mm. Italy, where she relocated with her husband. Um, and I got uh, you know a lot of this from an interview that she, a student of hers in Italy, that she taught Bossa Nova. And it was one of those students, um, one of those Italian students wrote a little article online about her. Oh, um, it was very sweet, very cool. Yeah. Um, but great record. Uh, and again, Mason and Reed, another fantastic. Excellent. Um. Just a reminder, the polls, polls will be closing after the next set. So definitely um, get in there and, and vote for your uh, who you think the greatest songwriting duo is. It's another tight one. Is it? Yeah. Um, I haven't looked in a little while, but I, I'll look into it uh, during the next set. Um, yeah, we, we're going to continue and actually finish up um, this episode with our last uh, battery of uh, four songs. And we will start off with some Rita Pavone um, from a 1966 single she released. Uh, it was a number one in Italy. And I'm sure a lot of the people out there, uh, that was a spoiler and a giveaway. They know what song it is. Um, uh, what comes after that, Funny Bone? You picked one, a nice one here. Yeah, we're going to hear a, another Mason and Reed single, Mr. Love and Luggage Man. Uh, and it was performed by another short-lived band, The Young Idea. Interesting. After that, uh, we are going to hear from The Carpenters. And then uh, Funny Bone. What's we're going to close uh, out. What's the hammer? Oh, <laughs> the hammer's Alvin Stardust. All right. Perfect hammer. <laughs> <laughs> yes indeed all right so let's uh let's hear what they were listening to in italy in the late 60s here is rita pavone the music tracks that play here have been removed to avoid penalty under current copyright policies and enforcement strategies you can find a link in the description to a spotify playlist of the music featured in this broadcast well all right Angel from Hamburger Heaven there with Alvin Stardust. Funny Bone, that does it for tonight's music. Uh, 
And let's do a little recap here of our uh, third set of the evening. Uh, we started off with track nine from our playlist, Qui Ritornera, which was Rita Pavone's 1966 single, which went number one in Italy, of course, written by Barry Mason and Les Reed. Uh, this also gets an Italian songwriting credit probably for the lyrics i'm thinking by carlo nistri uh qui ritunara is an italian cover version of the song here it comes again which was originally released by the fortunes now rita is an italian swiss ballad and rock singer and an actress i might add uh, who enjoyed success throughout the 60s in 1965 she made her first appearance on The Ed Sullivan Show and became a frequent guest until 1970. Meanwhile, she scored a string of hits, both ballads and rock songs in Spain, where she became a teen idol, reaching the top of the pops and enjoying a lot of fame there. Um, yeah, great, great uh, interpretation of... The song, of course, I love the Fortunes version of Here It Comes Again as well. Yeah, I, that was a fun record. Uh, just bright. Mm -hmm. um, we followed it up with, uh, you know, Mr. Love and Luggage Man. <laughs> you know. <laughs> By the Young Idea. Released. <laughs> I, I don't have to say when it's released. Everyone knows, but... 1967 it was a single uh, and it also appeared on their only album uh the 1968 with a little help from my friends uh mr love and luggage man was co-written by mason and reed uh and the young idea who performed it here uh were a short-lived british pop duo uh they had some minor success uh with a number 10 UK single uh, with the cover of the Beatles, a little help from my friends uh, from which their album was named after. Um, unfortunately, due to some uh, artistic disagreements with their label and manager and with one another, uh, they were a short lived act. Um, Doug, uh, Douglas McRae Brown, one half of the duo, uh, simply knew he was perhaps not a career musician at heart, never really did much more uh, in the music industry. Uh, but the other half, Tony Cox, went on to have a very successful career as an arranger and producer. That's always good to hear when they manage to stay in the business somehow. Um, but it's also good to hear when they know to get out of it as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I enjoyed that. I just, there's something about, like I put in the chat, something about 1960s British pop that just, uh, it works for me <laughs> every yeah. time. It doesn't even yeah, have but... to be that, that quality, but, uh, and that was quality too. And I really like the album cover as well that's presented there. Um, um, you know what else works for me, Soul Time? What's that? The Carpenters. With their cover of There's a Kind of Hush. Yeah. And it's off of, you guessed it, A Kind of Hush, their 1976 release, uh, LP. 
um, seventh studio album by the music duo. Um, and it was released in 1976, June 11th. This is an interesting thing I ran across. And of course, listening to the records all these years, I never, never had any idea about this. But by the time of the album's recording, Richard Carpenter's addiction to sleeping pills um, had begun to affect him professionally. And he blames this for the album being, in his opinion, subpar. Uh, that's fascinating to me. That's how you know uh, they're one of the greats. I don't right? know how, that's what their version to. of subpar, right? And they had three singles that became off of that record that became hits. One of which was their version of uh, "Kind of Hush," which was the cover of a 1960s song, which uh, broke big with Herman's Hermits. Of course, um, it was written by. Les Reed and Jeff Stevens. Now, Jeff Stevens was in a group. His group was the new vaudeville band who had a hit called Winchester Cathedral. Kind of uh, arguably oh, wow. yeah. a, um, what do you call it? Like a, um, I don't know the word for it, but kind of uh, like a novelty song is what I was looking for. Uh, but they um, they had that hit. Uh, they also recorded, they recorded kind of hush just before Herman's hermits went in and recorded their version, which is interesting. So I'd have to go, I haven't listened to the new vaudeville bands version, but I have to go check it out. And of course the hammer, well, Oh, the hammer. Yes, the hammer. The final song. Yeah, we closed out with Alvin the Hammer Stardust <laughs> yeah. with Angel from Hamburger Heaven off of his nineteen seventy-five album Rock with Alvin. And it was co-written by Barry Mason and you didn't guess it, producer Roger Greenaway. Wow. Uh but uh, a great, a great contribution uh, from Mason here. Uh, Alvin Stardust, uh, a.k.a. Shane Fenton, were both stage names of the British musician Bernard Jewry, who had a successful career in the United Kingdom. He had a handful of songs in the top 40 and top mm. 10, you, uh, plenty of European chart hits. Um, and uh, his second persona after Shane Fenton, uh, from whom he played in a band, the Fentones, uh, he took on as Alvin Stardust, which is a, uh, a very not so subtle influence of, uh, David Bowie. Uh, but you know, he, uh, a great, uh, sort of lesser known 1970s rockabilly glam rocker. Yes, and I really I, there was it was about that time in the mid seventies. There was a lot of fifties revival going on. Mm, uh, it mm-hmm. kind of had that schoolboys in disgrace feel to it with the background vocals and everything. I love it. It was great, <laughs> good fun. It's, <laughs> it's fun. just a cute song. Yeah, if I could go back and see some of those artists in the pubs, you know, uh, performing, <laughs> they're they're doing their craft. Um, Funny Bone, we have some poll results here. And fingers crossed. If I didn't promise everybody I would give the results, I wouldn't. 
because it's such a shocker here. I, I don't know what to say. We're ending the poll, and we have um, who is the greatest songwriting duo? Mason Reed came in at 33%. We have Lennon McCartney, 33%. We have Bacharach David at 33%. Goffin King comes in at 0%. 0% of the voting public here. Um, It's a shame. That Um, is a shocker. Right. I mean, when you see it split three ways like that and somebody not getting any votes, I mean, what's the point? Why even have these polls, right? It's like we got nowhere with that one. I thought uh, <laughs> Lennon McCartney was a slam dunk for sure. Yeah, I don't know what universe am I in here. It's very strange, very strange indeed. Um, um, and <laughs> for you folks listening after the fact, please uh, submit your answer on Spotify poll. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to try to include that. Uh, I don't. It, it gives like a, how long you want to let it hang around. I think I'm just going to let it hang around a couple of weeks. Uh, so maybe if you're listening to this and it's not there, it's because you've uh, missed the boat. Um, but funny bone, I also have to say that the stream health has been excellent this entire time. So I want to give you a shout out for helping resolve the technical difficulties towards the beginning of this broadcast. And I'd, uh, but I'd mostly like to thank everybody out there for who joined us and is sticking with us in this, uh, kind of crazy little thing that we do called get out those old, old records. Um, the world's 1,223rd best music podcast voted two years in a row. Um, if you are listening, don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, or whatever you do on the Twitters, the Facebooks, the Instagrams of this world, and of course, YouTube, where you can join us live basically every other Saturday, but it's been a little sporadic <laughs> lately. That's why you got to keep your your <laughs> ear to the ground, and even then, you never know when we're going to spring it on you. Uh, you can listen to the music plus to- uh, plus talk podcast on spotify but the talk only versions we've been cranking out are very popular and you can find that on the pretty much any platform out there that you like and uh, the links of course are in the description and i i gotta say the talk only is fun and you can we link to the spotify playlist that we make public um that contains the set of music that we have been listening to and talking about this evening. Um, so that's it for me. Uh, funny bone. Do you have any last words? Get them out folks. <laughs>